What is up, everybody? That is right. We are back with the big tilt. What's going on? I am Chase Vernon, and I am joined by my co-host, Jacob Sanderson. You can find him over there on Twitter, at Jacob Sanderson. That's with a K, J-A-K-O-B, Sanderson. And you guys can find me over there on Twitter, at FF underscore intervention. We are excited to jump into the slate, because Jacob... Let me start out by saying this slate right here is tricky. Like it is, it it's is. messy, it's gross, but like there's still like this grimy. Is, it, it's grimy, and and Jacob, these are the slates that you know that I like, right? Because yeah. I get to get, I get to have these gross takes or these gross picks that that might not be as gross when it's all said and done. Because, I mean, I honestly don't see too many high scoring games, you know, outside of of Kansas City and and Bengals. I mean, I like uh, Kansas City and Bengals. I mean, I'm sorry. Get transported back in time. I did. I did. I transported back to last week. I apologize. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I mean, we got all the good games out of the way last week. Um, you know, so this week, this week is one of my preferred types of slates where it's really, you have the one big game that is really interesting. And in this case, it's, you know, the, the battle in the North Minnesota Vikings, uh, the team that I believe Twitter is referred to as fraudulent, the fraudulent Minnesota Vikings and the, Roar Restore Detroit Lions. Interesting, you know, just being a part of the Twitter discourse about this game. Is it so funny that, you know, everybody's picking the Lions in this game. It's the 5-7 and seven mighty favorite against the, the underdog 10-2 and two Vikings. But that game, of course, gets up with a 50-point total. And otherwise, you have a lot of yeah. games where it's like, okay, we have one team we really believe in, you know, playing a team that we have no faith in, like Kansas City and the Broncos, like Dallas and Houston. Um, you know, or we have games that could kind of go a little bit either way, a little bit off the board regardless. And so I think, you know, it clarifies to me the types of decisions that we have to make in these spots. It's, you know, are, are we going to play the big game? And if so, how, how do we get off, you know, playing it the same way that everybody else is going to play it? Um, or, you know, what are these other avenues that we can, that we can sift through? And it's fun this week for sure. Trying to figure out how we do that. Yeah. It- so I, I did say, by the way, I meant, of course, Browns and, and Bengals. But, um, you know, I feel like the Vikings and Detroit game could turn into somewhat of a shootout. But the chalk in there is going to be just unreal. I mean, yeah. we're talking about by far the chalkiest game maybe all season because of the lack of of entertaining other games. But this actually opens the door for single stacks across the board. I mean, you know, we talk about like the Dallas Cowboys. We don't want to run a double stack with the Cowboys necessarily because the Cowboys could have a blowout after, you know, the, the what, five minutes in the second quarter, 10 minutes in the second quarter. It could be game over and they don't have to pass. And we're going to see, you know, Malik Davis in there running the ball throughout the whole fourth <laughs> quarter, right? Like, I mean, it, it's, it's a gross matchup. We have, you know, guys that are going to be coming back from injury, other guys that are injured. Like, you know, I'd love to play Lamar Jackson this week. Obviously, Tyler Huntley's in, but Tyler Huntley – could the, possibly... total, the total in that game is egregious. It's, it's so like 36. Funny. Like you cannot get me to play a 36 total game. I can't play. Uh, it's it's your Pittsburgh Steelers you've been playing all season. It's your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I, I've I've been trying. Look, I think we went to the bank the last time to the Steelers, and they, if they if they couldn't do it against the Atlanta Falcons, if all they could put up was 19 points, a bunch of freaking field goals against the Falcons. I think that's. I think the the. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the penalty box uh, until they prove that they can do something worthwhile. I, I mean, I feel like that's been the, the case all season. I mean, what is it? How, how many targets now does does Deontay Johnson have? With so many, with, it's, so many. it's ridiculous. And he still yeah, another eleven last week. Eleven targets and fifty two hundred. Normally, no, normally you'd be thrilled. Not so much with Mister Deontay Johnson. Another eleven point performance from Deontay. Honestly, one of his better ones. 
All right, Jacob, let's go ahead and kick this episode off. I'm going to start out with mine uh, just because of the fact that it's going to be the most talked about game on the slate. I want to go ahead and knock this one out. We have the Vikings and the Lions. Let's talk about it. You know, like we have chalk, right? DeAndre Swift is probably going to be one of the most run, owned running backs. Justin Jefferson, probably the most owned wide receiver. If not, he'll be up there. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be up there. Jared Goff's going to be up there. Chris or Kirk Cousins will be up there. TJ Hawkinson will be up there. Adam yeah. Thielen. Adam Thielen could end up being. We are. We're going to see some Thielen this week down at 40 to 100. I think we're going to see some Thielen. I mean, his price has dropped. He hasn't been good all season, but like absolutely he has not. a great matchup where the, the Vikings are absolutely terrible outside of anybody that's not named Jeffrey Okuda. I'm sorry, the, the Lions are terrible in the secondary outside of anybody named Jeffrey Okuda. So maybe, maybe Thielen could do something. I think we could see Dalvin Cook chalk. You know, like, like, I don't know where I should go with this up until I realized that secondary receiver for the Lions or the secondary pass catcher almost for the Lions isn't going to be owned. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm going through it. Nobody's talking about it. I I listened to a a show today. They didn't even bring it up as they're covering this game. And this is a guy that we talked about last week. I I slammed the table for I was like, you got to go play him. He's he's seen an average of five targets in any game, at least five targets, I think, in any game. Thus far in the season where he played the entire game and he was only 3,800 this week, they bump him up with like 500. I think I think he's sitting at 43, but 43, DJ yeah. Chark, it's a guy DJ Chark up against a Vikings team whose secondary has been absolutely abysmal. You have Patrick Peterson who, who takes these, these chances. He gets the interceptions. They've caused turnovers, but it also allows for big time plays and big time yardage. They just don't care. Like they're, they're willing to give that up. And that's what DJ Chark does. That's where DJ Chark's strength is, is getting behind, forcing them to make a mistake, getting behind them, and, and taking these chunk yardage, getting these touchdowns. And we've seen DJ Chark be fantasy relevant last week. This week he could be even more so fantasy relevant, and he's not owned, and I don't get it. I don't understand it at all, Jacob. Uh, honestly, like that's a way that you can get different. Like I can feel okay. I can feel okay playing Goff. I can feel okay playing Swift with DJ Chark. I can play Goff with Amon Ra and play Chark. I can play Kirk Cousins with with uh, with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook maybe and, and still play Chark to get away from it and Amon Ra St. Brown. Like there are so many different routes that I can go with this because Chark isn't going to be owned. So I dove into this wondering how the hell I'm going to end up beating this. Am I going to have to play Josh Reynolds? Am I going to have to play KJ Osborne? I was I'm sitting here doing research on freaking kj osborne today like i'm like i don't want to be doing this like i don't even want to do it on adam thielen really but i did and i actually didn't hate it but i mean it started <laughs> getting gross it started getting gross over there trying to to find these guys that i really don't want to play in dfs because they're not earning targets they're running these hollow routes they're not doing anything with their targets when they do end up getting them i'm like is it, there has to be something oh shit dj chark isn't even gonna be owned he's only 4300 what the hell is happening jacob talk to me I mean, that's the guy, right? That's the only guy in this game that we can project for a legitimate role uh, in an offense in this game that's not going to be super heavily owned. You know, and it's not prohibitive to play the guys that are going to be owned. If you're stacking this game, there's nowhere to hide, right? Like you mentioned it. Swift, mega owned. Amon-Ra, mega owned. Jefferson, mega owned. Cook and Thielen, probably not as much as those guys, but they're definitely going to have ownership on them. Hawkinson, going to have a ton on him the quarterbacks it's got to be like i think you have to play this game through chark i wonder how much late steam we get like it wouldn't surprise me if he's the guy who everybody looks they see projected ownership three percent today all of a sudden it's ten percent when you flip over the cards in your tournament because it is such an obvious pivot the only thing that i'm hopeful of or hopeful of from an ownership perspective 
concerned about from a, will this guy score points perspective? It's just, what is the Lions rotation going to look like behind Amon Ra? Because this is finally the healthiest the Lions receivers have been this season. Uh, we now have Josh Reynolds coming into his third game back from injury. We have Khalif Raymond, who's there doing whatever Khalif Raymond does. We have, of course, Chark has missed a lot of the season. He's now, of course, healthy. And then, you know, the big guys, Jamison Williams, who was active last week, he ran just two routes. But we've seen them scale up guys in a hurry, quite frankly. DJ Chark, was, was it three weeks ago? He ran like four routes in his first week back. All of a sudden on Thanksgiving, he's almost a full-time player. Certainly, I don't expect that it's going to be that quick for uh, James Williams. You look at the routes run last week. They were basically a three-wide receiver set team. They had DJ Chark actually led them in routes at 41. Amon Ra right behind them at 39. Josh Reynolds, 34. Raymond's rotating in. Do you think there's a chance that Jamison Williams starts to elevate his role in the offense? And does that just come at the extent? Because that's my curiosity. You know, does his, does he take routes from Reynolds? Does he take routes from Chark? Does he take routes just from Raymond, which would not be a concern? Um, or are you not concerned about him at all? It was pretty absurd, like how they spread the ball around last week, right? Like it was, it was pretty crazy how they, they went from, you know, just hyper-targeting Amon Ross St. Brown every single week to, to getting, what was it? At least seven guys, I think like, multiple targets so right now we're going to see probably the the routes run come down from brock Wright, who is i feel like he's primarily in there to, to block out they, they did a full-on three-man tight end committee last week by the way they had they had three tight ends run at least 11 routes and nobody ran more than 12 yep it, it was it was crazy <laughs> i think we're going to come down on that i think we're going to start to see these four wide receiver sets a little bit more often especially with this offensive line you know somewhat healthy and you know, we've seen some pressure come off from the Vikings, but it's not like they're they're knocking down players mm-hmm. on their way to, to sacks every single game. I, I think we're going to see a little bit more four wide receiver sets than what we've seen in the past from them, and I think that's had that had a lot to do with the Hawkinson trade, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they felt comfortable moving on from Hawkinson because they did start to see a bunch of their receivers actually, you know, start to come back healthy. We haven't gotten there yet, and I'm sure it had a lot to do with money too. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like they're they're getting more comfortable with that, and I think that Jamison Williams should see anywhere from 10 to 15 routes run. I don't see that coming from DJ Chark. I, I know that they can play similar similar roles, but DJ Chark is more of like that alpha receiver that they need on the field at this point in time. The defense is going to be focused down on Amon Ross St. Brown, and they're going to need Chark to actually you know, get those snaps into play. I don't want to play Jamison Williams yet. I love the thought of it. I, I think that it's a, a sneaky kind of play for those who are thinking about playing him, although I know that you're not suggesting that. I think it could be somewhat of a sneaky play. Yeah, I was more now. thinking about what's – you know, if he was like 3K, was going to come away from. If he was 3K, I would honestly throw him in there, right? But like 4,400, I mean, he's it's actually – he costs more than Chark. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't so know. So crazy it, to me. That's right? so crazy. So yeah, like he, he becomes, I mean, on the bright side, that price means that he's a hundred percent not going to be owned. Right. He's going to have an ownership of like 0.2, which I mean, we know that he doesn't actually need that many targets, right. He could, he could get there on two targets with his speed. Uh, so I, I don't know if I was max centering 150 lineups, maybe I'd have two of them with Jameson Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's, in case. I would sneak him uh, in just in case. But, uh, you know, if I'm hand building and I'm usually only building between five and 10 lineups each week, I don't think Jameson will be in there. To me, it's more like, what if, what if he takes routes away from other people? Because I'm trying to consider like, as, I mean, Josh Reynolds ran 34 routes last week. Like, yeah, I mean, we're going to get 34 routes from Josh Reynolds again this week. You know, is that potentially another piece where there's no ownership on him? And if he's out there running a bunch of routes and he's only 3,400, that could be interesting. That's where I kind of get concerned with Jameson is it's like, what if he runs 15 routes this week? You know, that doesn't really do much for him. 
but does that make Reynolds unviable? Does it make Chark less viable? I'm not sure. You know, I don't think it's coming away from Amon Ra, but um, everybody's on Amon Ra anyway. So I think that these secondary lines receivers, to me, that's the thing. I think if you're stacking this game, you have to have at least one of Chark or Reynolds, or if you want to play Jameson, you know, like a crazy man, you can go for that. But I think it's got to be one of Chark or Reynolds. I do prefer Chark, but I'd consider Reynolds too, because I I think that, yeah, if you're going to play the stack, especially from the Goff side, you know, and you're looking for anything that doesn't just go to Amon Ryan Swift, where you're eating up all this ownership and there's nothing to get off in the Minnesota Vikings. I think trying to play, all right, which secondary lines receiver makes the big play, which secondary lines receiver gets in the end zone. That's probably the way to go. So, so Jacob, I'm not saying that this is the case, but I, I you got me really, really curious about this. So I went in and looked at it. Uh, we had what 43 dropbacks from Jared Goff last week. He took two yep. sacks. So he, he dropped back and, and attempted 41 passes last week. Uh, DJ Chark ran 41 routes. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown ran 39 routes. So maybe Amon Ross snaps are going to come down from Jameson Williams running those two routes. You never know. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you on that one. Uh, as yeah, like I said, I mean, this game is going to be chalky. If you're not playing Chark, I'm probably like not going to play it because you're going to have to play a hundred different combinations to make this thing work. So any lineup that I'm going to be attacking this game with, it's going to be Chark. If I'm not attacking this game in terms of stacking, I'd much rather like play a different stack and then roll these guys in independently in hopes that the game is somewhat of a shootout, but one person dominates more than anybody else. Like we see, you know, Dalvin Cook get three rushing touchdowns, or we see, you know, um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown end up getting what, like, 20 targets and takes 13 of them with two of them to the house for 150 yards, you know, and, and Jared Goff, that's the whole entire passing line. So I will play these, this game independently, but if I'm attacking this game, I'm probably not going to attack it without DJ Chark. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I might do some with Reynolds instead of Chark. That's the only guy that I would consider, but uh, Chark's my preferred. And in, in this, it's really the same idea anyway. Um, I, I'm totally on board with you. Like I think otherwise you kind of just have to hope that this game gets spread out enough you know, or, or something like that, but oh, Cody's in the chat over here. Chalk, 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 <laughs> chalk, chalk, chalk. Look, man, I could, could DraftKings chark, not chark. make Jamison Williams three K. Could they not, if, could they not just make him three K? It would be so much more fun if we could talk about playing Jamison Williams at three K, man. That would that'd be. be a blast. Instead, we're going to have to talk about some Texans here in a little bit, but no, go ahead. No, Jacob. we're not. Your team here. <laughs> go ahead. We're not. I was going to, okay. We're getting derailed here, but uh, I was, we should even, I don't know. Do you want to, let's just briefly, you brought that game up. Let's just briefly touch on it. It'll take about two minutes. Um, are you playing this Dallas Houston thing? Because Dallas does have the highest implied team total on the slate. Um, they are 17 point favorites, 17 point favorites. I, I didn't look this up because I had an exam this morning, but can you remember the last time there was a 17 point favorite? Like I, it's been a while. Um, you know, may, maybe that year the Jets were really, really bad. I think that they played the Chiefs one week. It was like the Bills. Um, the Bills and like Jets had a really offset okay. thing uh, last year, I think. Um, but Anyhow, yeah. so 17 points, that's obviously ridiculous. I guess my question would be is if you're going to play Dallas, who and how many? And if you were going to stack Dak with any Dallas guys, would you play a Texans bring back? You know, I think there's a correct answer to this question. I'm glad you asked this, Jacob, right? Because Malik Davis is an excellent play this week. No, I'm totally kidding about Malik Davis. But uh, no, I, I think that you can play Dak. Uh, Prescott, I think that you can actually play Michael Gallup with him, who should be opposite of, of Derek Stingley. 
if we see a couple touchdowns early from Gallup, they're going to obviously, you know, pull the reins back on Dak Prescott to an extent, but he still could pick up yards, especially on third downs and whatnot. Uh, and then you can still play running back with it because the running backs are Zeke Elliott's what saw two targets last week. I think Tony Pollard only saw one, but they could get targets, you know, on the side. I, I really don't want Zeke play. never gets targets. Pollard's targets are sporadic, but, yeah. but they are high value targets. Like he doesn't just get a lot of outlet dump offs. Like they actually give him creative targets. So, you know, they don't, they come and they go, but. I really like Michael Gallup this week. And honestly, I'd much rather. So I don't want to stack really Dak Prescott. I don't want Dak Prescott. I, I'll play him, but I don't really want him. Yeah, hard. To I, I would play him. Michael Gallup still, and I'll play a running back. Because I think that you can get to that to that threshold with Michael Gallup and then have that that tremendous lead and then just watch the, the Dallas Cowboys run it down the Texans' throat. But I do think, and I know you're going to hate this one, but we have – Philip Dorsett and Chris Moore, who are playing out the slot. No, Nico Collins and Brandon Collins. Or, uh, oh, Nico I know. Collins They're out. Brandon yeah, Cooks are out. Yeah. Davis Mills is back in at quarterback. He loves himself some Chris Moore. I, I'm I'm not trying to push for this, but like, if you need a, a cheap play, you know, somebody down in, in the low fours, like I, I think these guys could get you, get you something. Uh, once again, I'm not pushing for it. I But we do know that the Dallas Cowboys give up big plays, especially Trayvon Diggs, and their slot corner is is absolutely horrendous. Both these guys can play out of the slot. I think the both of them can end up giving you something over there, but I, I don't love it. Can I can I say that like there's not a lot of free square running backs on this slate because we, we don't really have well potentially. I'll, I'll, oh, I, I'll quickly say that if Saquon doesn't play, I'm not touching Matt Breida. Like I think <laughs> like we saw Saquon miss those two drives in the Green Bay game, and they rotated Breida and Brightwell totally evenly. I, I'm not yeah. touching that. Um, I will shout out quick Rashad White. He might be. Uh, I mean, horrible matchup, but uh, he might get a lot of ownership if Leonard Fournette winds up sitting. Um, oh, look, we had somebody in the chat, by the way, mentioned Chris Moore and Philip Dursett. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can go with one of them, not both. I'll, I'll say this. Because it's not a lot of running backs that I'm like super, super, oh, my God, how will I ever survive with this guy in my lineup? I'm, I don't think I'm going to actually do this, but I just wanted to talk it through. Could you play Zeke and Pollard both the same lineup this week? I would never, ever consider this on a showdown. Outside of showdown. But with how much Dallas is projected to score this week, how much they like to run in plus script, and then how generationally horrific Houston's run defense is. Like, it honestly would not surprise me if Pollard and Zeke both combined for three to four touchdowns and wound up as both being top five running backs on this slate. Where did they finish last week? You're going to have... You're going to have like combinatorial upside up the ass, right? Like no, no one's going to play those two together, obviously, which is pretty much the only thing that makes it interesting because they're both going to have week, some ownership independently, but not, not at all together. Last week, 24.6 and 18.1 from that position. Uh, so you probably you know, need the Davis touchdown to go to, to go to one of those two, the Davis yeah. touchdown from last week. You got to get yeah. both the 24. Yeah. You need both the 24. Even then I don't, I don't think you can. I I, I like yeah. the concept. And I like the idea, but and this is going to be a low scoring game. But I think like there's too many guys like Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, guys that can get you there. That are you know, they're not too much more. Well, yeah, they are more expensive. But like it's not like you know you're talking about a, a guy at like four k and another guy at six k. No, I agree. Like these guys are both okay. in like the mid sixes, right? How, how about this? I will play for the first time all season. I'll play the early only slate so that I can play both Zeke and Pollard on a seven game slate. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. All right, Jacob, what's your first team you want to cover? All right. Yeah. Let's talk about probably my favorite game of the week, which is the Browns and the Bengals. Um, the Browns, of course, we have a wide, wide range of outcomes on. Uh, they've been mostly an effective offense the entire season. 
and then, of course, this past week, they get Deshaun Watson back, and he was horrific. Uh, they did not move the ball effectively on Houston at all, and Houston, as we just talked about, is a, a terrible excuse for an NFL franchise. Uh, we're going to have them now in you know a script where they probably have to throw a little bit more. That's the other thing that I think goes unreported is that Deshaun Watson did not play well from a real-life capacity. He also got a little snake bitten from fantasy in the sense that they had three defensive touchdowns, I believe, in this game, and they never had to try and move the ball after that. Uh, you know, so they, they ne- we never really got to see what happens when they have to get their, their ears pinned back. This game, they're probably going to have to do that. Their defense has been really bad all season long. The Bengals are in a really great spot. Uh, they have all of their guys back healthy. They get to go to work against this pretty mediocre Browns defense, and you'd expect that they're going to have to get pushed. And I still think, I mean, the floor on this Browns offense is probably lower than it was prior, just based off of, you know, what, what we saw to Deshaun Watson last week. But the ceiling is still way higher. If Watson can figure it out, you know, even to some extent, to, to some proportion of what he used to be as a quarterback and what I think he will eventually get back to being once he shakes the rust off, he's infinitely more in terms of his ceiling than what Jacoby Brissett could provide. And in a week where there's not a whole lot that you feel like you have to play in terms of game environments. I think I'd be interested in any of these guys at their prices, even if it was Brissett. I mean, we're talking about Amari Cooper, 6,400, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 4,900, David Njoku, You know that the Cleveland Browns are, are playing at Cincinnati, right? And you're going to play Amari Cooper. <laughs> That's true. I thought we were, I thought, I, I thought we were over that after the Bills game, but I don't, but I don't be saying that, was a, neutral that was a neutral site game. <laughs> so um, look, I, I think that basically all these guys are priced, but they've been all year is my point. And they're going to be owned at, at as much or less than they've been all year. And they're in a good spot. And there's at least a theory, you know, that we're going to have Deshaun Watson elevating this offense. It's also possible that he looks like crap again, but it's at least possible that he's elevating it even beyond what Brissett's capable of. I think that that's my favorite spot to attack and you get to do it on the other way. You know, there's not, we're going to see a lot on Joe Mixon. I think this week, but he has a little bit of fragility to him in that he's coming up off the concussion. They said they want to keep Samaj P. Ryan involved. He's been honestly better than Joe Mixon has been this year. We'll see how much that comes to fruition. But Chase is going to be owned, but probably a little bit of a tier below the Amon Ron J. Jeff guys from that other game. And then T. Higgins, you know, he comes in. He's probably going to be sub 10% or around 10%. So I think it's pretty inviting to play, you know, this Browns double stack and one of the Bengals, or if you don't want to go in full hog with Deshaun Watson, play the Bengals double stack, bring it back with one of the Browns. That's probably where I'm going to spend most of my lineups this week. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with, with everything that you said, although I feel like this game could get gross. Like the, the Browns defense has been significantly better as of late, and although they're still giving up yards to the running back position, um, you know, it, it's something as to where like, we could just see this game get really gross. If Sean Watson can't put it back or can't put it together and we just see turnover after turnover, the Bengals end up using Joe Mixon and P Ryan to, to just run the ball constantly down the, the Browns throats. And, and they're not taking deep shots on field because they don't have to, you know, we're, we're just looking at a situation where this game just has bust, you know, written all over it in terms of like a game that could be high scoring or a game mm. that could end up into nothing. So I'm going to be playing this this matchup, I'm going to be playing it, right? I'm going to have some Deshaun Watson. I'm going to have some Donovan Peoples-Jones because Donovan Peoples-Jones in away games has looked great. He's seen targets downfield. He only saw three targets last week, but like you brought up, the defense was scoring touchdowns, so the Browns didn't need to pass. 
you know, it was just a terrible game overall. So, you know, if we see a situation where the Browns are down and they have to pass, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a great play, and I think Sean Watson gets you there. Um, and then on the other side of things, uh, you know, it's like which wide receiver do you play? And I just don't know how I could fade Jamar Chase, you know, in this matchup, regardless of who he's, you know, lined up against and regardless of what he's done previously. So I do like this game. I think it's uh, very fragile, right? Like I think that it could end up in a, being a bust. It could end up being, you know, something. There's a, there's a wide range of variants but... on Deshaun Watson for sure. I mean, and that's that's really what, what it comes down to in this game is like, can he elevate things? Can he not? Does the return of mix and make the Bengals go more run heavy again? Does it not? There, there's a wide range, but I think that's what keeps this ownership a little bit more reasonable in the passing game. Yeah, yeah. No, you're definitely right about that. There's only two guys that I feel really good about, and that's Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nick Chubb. Like, outside of that, you know, I, I'm like, okay, which wide receiver can we go with? You know, where can we line these things up? And it's just it, – Jamie's been predicting – Jamie's in the chat. He's been predicting the DPJ touchdown all year. Uh, so far, he's matching Deontay Johnson touchdown for touchdown, but hopefully this year, hopefully this week. Uh, I hope this so week, this week is the most Donovan Peoples-Jones I'm ever going to play in my life. So if this touchdown's ever going to happen, make it happen this week, please. All right, I'm going to hop on to my second game unless you have anything else you want to cover with that. No, I'm good with that. All right, and, and we actually are going to cover an additional game this week, so that's why we're kind of running through it to an extent because there's really – it's either you have obvious plays – or you don't like we're not trying to to be too sneaky here because there's just not a lot to to go on with how murky this this DFS opportunity is. So we want to try and find these optimal uses across each game versus trying to do a deep dive into, you know, what could just be a, a bust of a, a game as a whole. So I'm going to hop on to the Bills and the um, the Jets. And I actually really like the rushing upside in this game. You know, I, I like the running backs a lot in this game. And I think the ownership levels will be extremely low because nobody really knows who to play. Like, do you play James Cook? Do you play Singletary? I mean, James Cook is getting the premium touches. He's getting the targets. But then you see Singletary taking the only touch inside the five-yard line and mm -hmm. getting it in for a touchdown. And if we're going to see this game like where it was like, like it was last time where both teams have to grind, you know, Josh Allen ended up turning the ball over like two or three times the last time they played, we're going to end up having to see the running backs get involved. And, so I'm going to have some some plays with Singletary. I think he's going to end up getting a touchdown in this game. The, the question is, is does James Cook end up taking away from his touches inside the 20s? Meanwhile, James Cook, I think, is in an excellent opportunity up against the Jets who have allowed running backs to get yardage up against them in the receiving game. You know, they're so good on the outside. They're so good up against the tight end that teams have nowhere else to go with the ball, so they dump it off to their running back time and time again. Now, this is where it gets kind of tricky, right? Because the Vikings last week, kind of gave us a recipe of how to beat the Jets. And it's throwing it short. It's throwing five-yard slants, five-yard comebacks, and letting the receivers try to do work after the catch, you know, taking those third-down conversions where they can. The bad thing about this is that waste clock, right? When you have these short yardage attempts that are high completion rates, it's pretty much like having an entire run game. But the Bills last time struggled. They struggled significantly up against the Jets, so they could take this game plan and, and run with it. So Josh Allen, for me, I think he's going to run the ball a ton this week. I think he's going to be relevant because of his legs, which we haven't seen as much this year. You know, we've still seen it. Don't get me wrong. But he's been a great passer. I think we're seeing him use his legs more so this week. Um, I think that I can play him with James Cook because I think we're going to see dump-offs. And I actually want to play Isaiah McKenzie this week. Does that sound gross to you? I mean, I like Stephon no, Diggs, but Isaiah McKenzie I, I like, makes a is, lot of sense. This is the, this is the end of the three-leg McKenzie parlay. You know, the McKenzie book 
has been written. He thrives against man. He's useless against zone. This is the third week in a row he gets to play a man-heavy team. Uh, so I'm excited to play him this week, and then and then not again. But Lions, Pats, Jets, that, that's, that was the run. This is peak McKenzie season. We have one more game. Yeah, he's great at getting the ball in his hands and doing stuff, you know, in space. And if, I mean, we don't know if the Bills are going to follow this game script, but it seemed like it worked for the Vikings pretty damn well. Like, why not just use the same game script? Because they struggled last time they played. Get the ball in McKenzie's hands on a, a five-yard out or a five-yard slant. Let him work. Now, the thing that concerns me a little bit is Michael Carter plays in the slot uh, the whole time. It just, he, he ends up, it's it's so weird how they utilize Michael Carter because he's actually a special, a special player over there when he does play the slot. So I'm a little bit concerned if he faces Michael Carter because Michael Carter can blank some people. But if he ends up facing the safeties, if he ends up facing uh, the other slot corner, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, then, then we could end up seeing a, a massive game from McKenzie. I think he's going to be part of the game plan. I think they're going to focus on getting him the ball. And and I think that he, he should be an asset. Now, if you want to go out and you want to play Stefan Diggs with McKenzie, that's cool. I'll also play Diggs with James Cook. That's cool. And then I'll play James Cook with, with McKenzie. I'll probably have three different ways that I want to attack this game. Uh, but I'm not going to have like 10 lineups of each one of these guys. Like I've, I've talked about this, how we go to playerprofiler.com. You use the DFS optimizer and I'll set like 150 lineups and like the 25 cent, 50 cent lineups, right? I'll do 150 lineups. Normally I'll try to, when I'm attacking a game like this, I'll get 20% of my lineups in with these guys. I'm going to have probably 10% of my lineups focused on this game and just alternate how I'm going to to line these guys up with other games such as the, the Lions and Vikings where I'm going to have like Justin Jefferson and and Amon Ross St. Brown, and, and I'll roll out these guys just because if I go with the James Cook and the Isaiah McKenzie, it'll be cheap. So on the other side with the Jets, this makes me nervous because Michael Carter's coming back, right? Michael Carter, last time they faced off, split carries with, with James Robinson. Michael Carter had 12 uh, rushes for like 72 yards. He looked pretty spry he looked good um and honestly like they were talking about him being good to play last week so i think when he comes back he'll be healthy we've seen this happen last year with the jets where michael carter you know was fighting with ty johnson right fighting with uh whoever who was it tevin coleman right tevin coleman last year uh we saw these guys battling back and forth for touches but once michael carter showed Remember them was austin most- walter season and austin walter that's right uh, you know, if we see Michael Carter in a position where he can, you know, seize this role and, and he's the most talented back out there, we'll see it. But then I'm reading reports today and Robert Sala comes out and says, oh, Bam's not going anywhere. Bam has shown this explosiveness. We need this late in the season. We need this guy. So maybe they're saving Michael Carter for the playoffs, which makes me want to pivot off Michael Carter. Maybe they can like save him morning. for his contract with his next team. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that too. Um, but no, I, I think that we can end up seeing him pivot off of, I, I think I could see myself pivoting off of him and going with Zonovan Knight. But if Zonovan Knight struggles early on in the game, there's no question to me that they're going to play Michael Carter because he's seen success up against the Bills and he knows how to beat him. You know, we saw James Robinson, right? I think this was like the same. This was like the second week that James Robinson was part of this roster. He had like 13 carries for 46 yards and they just ran with Michael Carter the whole way. And Michael Carter got the goal line touch, I believe, ended up running in and getting a touchdown on the ground. I don't want to attach myself too much to, to Bam. Arizona of a night this week in DFS, like just because I do want to play him a little bit and I do want to play Michael Carter some too. Uh, in terms of the real guy that I like in this matchup, Jacob, and I know you're going to hate this, it's Elijah Moore. He ran a full complement of snaps last week. Jacob, he ran all the snaps or he ran almost yeah, all the okay. snaps. What did he What did he do? What did he do with those snaps? He saw six targets, Jacob. He saw six targets. What did he do with those targets? 
he he only got two receptions. But uh, but he he has this connection with Mike White. We saw it last year. They just didn't connect this time. And now we have Travis White, right? Travis White has been ramped up. He only played 20, 22 snaps, something like that last last week. He's getting ramped up. He's getting healthy. And what is it? Jordan Poyer is back as well. They're gonna end up doubling. Garrett Wilson. He's not going to be able to touch the ball this week. I am predicting a massive Garrett Wilson bust week that that nobody's talking about. I don't think that he will see more than five receptions. I don't think he sees more than 30 or 40 yards receiving. I think that this goes to Elijah Moore out of the slot, who has been dominating the entire time. I, I love. I, I love like we're right back the I feel like we're right back in like week three of this show where we're just like praying for Elijah Moore at this level. He saw six targets I, last week. Look, honestly. All about it. I don't care. I'll play him. I'll I'll play his ass. Uh, I mean, look, we. I, I still think he's good. You know, he hasn't shown any reason for me to think he's good this year. But the the lingering effects from his rookie year and from his called profile are still there with me. Like, you know, if we're saying we're just taking a shot on a guy who's going to run a bunch of routes, you know, in the mid three Ks, it's like, would I rather play Elijah Moore, who I have some reason to think is good, or would I rather play a Jag like Josh Reynolds? Like, I don't know. May as well play Elijah Moore. Worst case, we're just praying for a long touchdown anyway. I'm okay with Elijah Moore, and I'm okay with Elijah Moore because my flag plant is going to end up in this game on the Bills side. Um, and so I want to play more with that guy, and, and I'll, I'll leave that as a tease. Ooh, I'm feeling feeling kind of dirty right now. You just teased the hell out of me. I'll tease you. Yeah, I'll tease you. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, honestly, I have I don't have like too much more to, to talk about this game. No, I, you I, had I too, wanted to. You don't but... have too much more? I thought you'd I'm have done. all the more. Uh, uh, all the more. <laughs> I just want to talk about more. All the more. Now, I, I'm done with this one, Jacob. Do you have anything else to add to, to this matchup, or do you want to save it for your flag plant? No, I'm good on this game. I, I like, you know, I'm always open to playing anybody on the Bills. Um, Josh Allen's awesome. And and I have one guy in particular that I really want to play this week. But I like your McKenzie call as well. Um, all right. My next game this week, I, I guess, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs game. Um, and disappointing. I mean, if you had told me that we we would have on this slate the Chiefs and the Broncos before the season, we would think that's the game that everybody's going to be talking about. We're going to send play this week. Actually, you wouldn't have even thought that because it was supposed to be on Sunday night. Um, but it ends up getting flexed. And, you know, it's a pretty interesting spot where you get the Kansas City Chiefs you always want to play. And they're always fun to play because, you know, this year, unlike in past years, there's so much optionality in terms of how you play the Chiefs. Uh, Kadarius Tony is apparently right on the board of playing in week 14. Uh, and of course that is a spot where it's a late start. He's so playing? we can't even be hundred percent sure he's on the border. Andy Reid said he's on the border. We'll see. Um, does so, he play if he's on the border though? Like, does he really run around? Well, I don't know. I want to get healthy. Well, he's not going to play a lot because he's Kadarius Tony, but he could play enough to frustrate whoever else you want to play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I mean, the Chiefs is like DFS heaven and DFS hell at the same time because they rotate their personnel so much. I mean, we have Noah Gray last week ran over 50% of the routes as the tight end two with Travis Kelsey. We have MVS and Juju play most of the routes. Justin Watson rotates in a bunch. Sky Moore is not playing enough for you to play him, but he still gets in there every now and again. Uh, Kadarius Tony, if he comes back, will probably play in some kind of role. It's just an absolute mess. So in terms of how to play this game, whenever you want to play the Chiefs, you're blessed on one hand with low ownership on wide receivers because there's no obvious Tyreek Hill like there used to be with Mahomes. 
And at the same time, you're cursed by not knowing who the hell is going to catch Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes. And then interestingly on Denver, people are going to actually play Denver this week because, you know, they're going to get a really great spot against the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs obviously are going to try and play from ahead. Not a very good defense. You can see people beat them up. And you lose Cortland Sutton, so you get some target consolidation. So you're going to see some ownership on Kendall Hinton. You're going to see some ownership on Jerry Judy. You're going to see some ownership on Greg Dulcich. A lot of ownership on Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich is going to be trying this week. I mean, okay, I'll just say, I like Greg Dulcich. I mean, people know I'm a fan of his. I've been to his prospect profile. Just DFS gamers are hilarious. He's been in the mid-threes for a month now. Everybody was playing him, playing him, playing him. And then he had two bad games in a row. So you're like, all right, we're done playing freaking Greg Dulcich. So last week, nobody plays Greg Dulcich at the same price that he's been the whole year. Oh my God, he's a tight end one on the slate. And now this week, he's the same price where you didn't want to play him last week. And now it's like, everybody's got to jam Greg Dulcich, three-leg Greg. So, no. Uh, I mean, I think he's a good play. <laughs> I think he's a good play at cost, of course. But, you know, the the history history has frowned upon playing the highly owned punt tight ends. That's that's for sure. Um is there guys that you do want to play in this game, though? I, I have a couple that I'm interested in playing in this game in particular. Not really. I mean, there's nobody that I love. Uh, Latavius Murray makes some sense, but I feel like he's going to be chalk. So, like, I kind of want to pivot over to Mike Boone. I don't really want to play Latavius Murray at I kinda, ever. Like, I kind of want to, like, flake in, like, just sprinkle in, like, sprinkle some salt with some Mike Boone in there <laughs> just because. Like, I, I mean, that's mm-hmm. so – like, that would – that would be, <laughs> it would tilt me so hard if Mike Boone goes out there and has, like, five receptions for, like, 70 yards and a touchdown because he has one breakaway run up against a terrible Chiefs defense. Like, that would have mm-hmm. me tilting if I didn't play him. So I have to play him. You, um, have, but to. you have to play Mike Just Boone. in, like, one lineup. One okay. lineup, Jacob. Right. One lineup. That's it. Okay. All right. Um, play Mike Boone. As long as it's not our lineup. I'll, I'll play Dulcich uh, even with the chalk to an extent. Like, I'm not going to play him in everyone, but I'll have, like, 10%. And then in terms of any of the wide receivers, like you talked exactly about how Dulcich has, um, you know, he had the two bad weeks in a row, right? And he struggled throughout those matchups. And then I was looking at Juju Smith-Schuster earlier today. And the past three games that he's played, what, like four targets, like maxed out, right? And I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, we talk about Juju a lot. We we've keep on talking about how, you know, he, he is just having a little bit of a rough start. We've had some success with Juju. We had some We've success, had success with him against the, the Bills, against the Niners. We've had success with him. We have. And, uh, you know, so he's a guy that I'm, I'm kind of eyeing a little bit. I did not have a chance to check his slot rate, uh, his, um, his snaps out of the slot. So that's where, like, okay, am I going to play him if he's playing outside? Probably not. And, you know, this pretty much this entire time I've, I've been buying so that I could look at his, his slot snap rate, uh, which is 38.5%. So anyways, um, no, I, I, I don't really want to play Juju. I, I, I will have him in a couple lineups just because like he's, somebody's going to get the touchdown. If he plays in the slot, I actually like that matchup a lot more than, than playing on the outside, but there's nobody that's like, Oh my God, I got to play him from this lineup or from this game. Yeah. I do like Juju Smith shoes through this week. I mean, he, he got, ramped up where you know he barely played two weeks ago and he was a lot more involved in the offense last week and we've seen that he has a ceiling so i'm i'm pretty open-minded to always playing juju he never seems to be very owned he's also never very expensive and he's always in a great offensive environment so i'm open to playing him i like playing jerry judy this week as well uh you know when he's been on the field he's earned a bunch of targets uh he got injured you know he came back immediately was was clearly the top option in the offense even before Cortland Sutton got hurt 
Uh, uh, Jerry Judy was really the only other guy getting targets alongside Greg yeah. Dulcich in that yeah. offense. Jerry Judy will be in there too. Um, and he's not going to be all that highly owned. And you also get the benefit where even if you're playing him at around 10%, you're still leveraging off of Dulcich, who's going to be owned. You're, you're leveraging off Latavius Murray, who's going to be owned. So Jerry Judy's probably my favorite Denver piece to play yeah. in this game. And I like Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, he's essentially made the early down compliment role redundant. Ronald Jones played only three snaps last week. So it's really just him and McKinnon. And when they're playing from ahead, it's really Pacheco. And we've seen Denver has, despite, despite having a really strong uh, defense overall, they have been beat up on the ground on a couple occasions. Josh Jacobs uh, had no trouble dispensing of them. Uh, they had no uh, issue being run all over by Travis Etienne. And so I do think that you're going to have an opportunity for Pacheco. It's going to be a decent bet for two touchdowns, especially in a script where you might see Kansas City lead by quite a bit. So I like Pacheco this week. I like Juju and I like Judy. I don't know how often I'm going to stack this game. It's probably one that I look at more secondary correlations, but um, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. So Jacob, I do agree with your take about how they've been beat up on the ground. Like that's, you know, it's pretty obvious after moving on from their linebackers and, and Bradley Chubb and, and dealing with the injuries that they have, they've struggled up against running backs. However, they've been really, really good up against running backs inside the 20. I think if I remember right, they've only had, two no i think it's only one game with multiple touchdowns allowed to a running back on the ground um i think they've only allowed like five or six total touchdowns on the season to running backs on the ground and i don't think they've allowed any receiving touchdowns in the air so jared mckinnon even even has me off i I don't like pacheco this week i I can understand trying to run out jerry judy like that makes perfect sense to me i'm down with that but uh this game just seems like such a massive fade for me like I, i can't i can't get myself to really like love anybody in either one of these matchups. All right. You got anything else to add? Nope. I'm, I'm good on that one. You got one more game, right? Yeah, I got one more game. I'm going to talk about it. You know, I brought it up to you and, and Trevor Lawrence is questionable, but Trevor Lawrence said he's playing, he's feeling good. Okay. And, and he, he thinks that he's going to play. So we have the Jags and the Titans and, and we all know the storyline with the, with the Titans, right? I don't have to spend too much time talking about how they're great up against the run and they just let people pass all over them. Um, Jags with Trevor Lawrence make a ton of sense to, to do the stack and then run it back with Derrick Henry. You're going to end up playing, of, Kirk, of course, Christian Kirk out of the slots. I think you can play some Evan Ingram to an extent, and I think Zay Jones gets interesting if, if you want to attack this game, but I'm not going to be playing Zay Jones solo uh, outside of this game. Where I start to get interested and really want to discuss this with you because we had our show on Wednesday night on uh, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention we talked a lot about a yeah he like chig is 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 sexy man for dfs this guy is is just made for these explosive plays no offense had what was it 34.3 percent of his yards came on three receptions of his rookie year he had 40 mm-hmm. receptions or 40 targets he had three plays where 34 percent of his yardage came on those plays so we're seeing Conquo with the same exact explosive like play type mentality, but Conquo's doing it on every single one. Conquo is not going to hit. He will not hit 40 targets or 40 receptions, and he might end up coming across with a, with a very similar stat line in terms of like the yardage from Noah Fan's rookie year. I don't think that happens, but I'm saying it is in the realm of possibility because they're starting to we're starting to see an uptick in his snaps and in his his target rates, and he's starting to become a focal point of this offense. We, we have Traylon Burks dealing with injuries, right? You know, we, we've seen nobody else on this offense step up. 
Robert Woods is dropping balls and, and not able to come down with anything. I mean, it is ugly. And and Robert Woods just retire. I mean, it's it's, it's depressing. Done. Right. I don't need I don't want to I don't want to remember him this way. Can we just step away from the game? I believe a out snapped Hunter Henry last week as well. Yeah, you had so, 78% routes uh routes run last week. I don't understand why the executed. projections I I look. There's two guys this week. The other one's going to be the guy on flight plan. There's two guys where I'm looking around the industry. I don't understand the ownership projection. And maybe maybe that's because the ownership projection is going to change. And, or maybe it's because they're bad. I don't know. One of the two. I don't understand why Chikosi and McConkwo is not projected to be like the 40% owned tight end this week, to be honest with you. I mean, do you remember when Albert O last year, when Noah Fant missed the one game against Dallas and Albert O was like 2,700 and he was like half the field was playing Albert O? Like yep. what's any different? Right. This is this is the guy where oh, it's, a, it's a short, sl- small sample, high efficiency guy. We saw proof of concept last week. You know, is there a fragility? Is there a risk that he's not going to run all the routes? Of course there is. Of course there is. But that's why it's so cheap. But people have never cared before. He's twenty seven hundred dollars. So in terms of his upside per play, you know, in terms of how bad the position is, in terms of what he's showed. I don't. I really don't understand why this guy isn't like in every lineup. Like I don't understand why it's not like him and Dulcich, right? That are are you know twenty five thirty percent each. If if the ownership stays where I'm seeing it projected, which is like sub ten, every lineup, every lineup, Chigozi McConquo, every single Chigaconquo, every lineup, log out. That's where I'm at with it. I, I don't know. Maybe it won't stay there. I wouldn't be surprised. They flip the cards over and it's 20%. And if you're listening to this, you know, on Friday night or on Saturday morning, you go to build lineups on Sunday morning and you go and you see, you know, wherever you're looking at ownership that he's projected for 20%, then ignore me maybe. But uh, if he's, if he's coming in 10 to 15, even I'm all in, all in on Chig. So, so I'm looking at um, a comparison right now on playerprofiler.com just because I wanted to go for it. Um, I'm going to ask you who has, a higher one um, in terms of whatever stat I bring up. I want you to say Travis Kelsey or Chig Conquo. All right. You ready for this, Jacob? Probably Chig. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do some comparisons. All right. Uh, yards per route run. It's got to be Chig. 3.57 yards per route run for Chig. Two That's like Tyree Kill. He's the Tyree Kill tight end. It's crazy. All right. Yards per target. I mean, Travis it's definitely Kelsey Chig. Chig? It's, it's 11 yards per target, <laughs> nine yards per target for Travis Kelsey. 11. I'm surprised yards. he doesn't have 76. I mean, how many, how many games he had this week where it's like, oh, he had one target, one catch, 42 <laughs> yards. Wait, 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 yards per reception. Oh, Shake's <laughs> probably leading the world in yards per reception. 18.3 yards per reception. I mean, it is absolutely absurd how efficient he's been. And now he has a Jacksonville team that, that you can just dominate this with. And he, he might be the only pass catcher over there healthy for the Titans. So I, I love Chig this week, man. Like if you're not getting Chig into your lineups, you're not doing DFS right. You got to figure out ways to get him in minimum 25%. I would probably have Chig Conquo in 50% of my lineups this week. And I'm not even exaggerating. He will probably find a way in close to 50% of my lineups. And I don't even care if he puts up donut because he's not going to do that because he hasn't done that in how many weeks now? Um, I, he hasn't done that since week seven. He hasn't given you a donut. Look at that. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and we're seeing him just the increased routes run is, is going to be incredible. So for this game, I'm going to play some Derrick Henry. I'm cool with, with playing Chigaconquo. Yeah, you got to play some Henry. You got you to gotta play some of the big dog. Where it's it's Dehember. It's Dehember. Divisional opponent, uh, got to play some, got to play some. 
Uh, he'll be owned, but I think I'm going to avoid enough of this Minnesota Detroit game that I'm not that worried about taking on ownership at Derrick Henry, to be honest. No, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it this week. And then also, you know, you run it back with Trevor Lawrence and your pick of whatever wide receiver you want to go with, most likely Christian yeah. Kirk. And then, um, Evan Ingram. I, I I hope that this is the week. I can't say that it will be the week. I hope this is the week that we see Travis Etienne get some targets. Like I just hope because I, he's not going to be able so. to run the ball. No, he's he's going to struggle with efficiency against his Titans defense. But hopefully they get him involved in the screen game. Yeah. You know, that, maybe, I, maybe Tra- I mean, if Trevor that. Lawrence is less mobile than usual, that potentially could help oh, him yeah. get some targets. That's true. That's true. I, I just I don't want to bet on that one. I don't think. All I right. mean, he's an interesting play because. ETN at 6,400 on his workload is phenomenal. It's the matchup that's going to keep his ownership down, and it's the fact that he gutted out last week. But, I mean, he was well on his way to a totally fine performance last week. The game just got totally out of control on them. So, like, his role is great. He's coming off an 88% snap share. They just waved Daryl Henderson. Um, I think he's a really interesting play. I mean, you're, you're not looking for rushing efficiency, but he's not like a he's not a guy who really churns out yards anyway, right? Like, you're, you're hoping for a big play from ETN as an explosive guy. And so... Who's to say that he doesn't run for three yards a carry on 18 carries, but on the 19th, he goes for 70, you know, that, that can still happen against his Titans defense. If you break through the line. So I, I will work in ETN because it's really just the matchup that's keeping his ownership down and the recency bias, like his price is good. His role is good. Um, you know, and, and maybe he'll even get some more targets from, um, from, uh, from, from a, a wounded Trevor Lawrence. All right. So let's go ahead and, and we're going to take a quick break. We want to see everybody in the chat. We want to see everybody in the chat. Let us know who you want us to see mm. with our build because we're about to do a build. We're about to do a stack build from from DraftKings over here. I want to see everybody in the chat tell us who we want to or who you want to see us build through in terms of a stack. Which quarterback are we going with? All right. While we wait for you guys to let us know what is going on in the chat. There are some rivals playing this week, right? We got Kansas City is playing Denver. We got the Giants playing Philly. But the rivals that you can make can be rival fantasy. If you are tired of having to play fantasy sports across multiple platforms, you go from NFL, you go from Sleeper, you go from Yahoo because your work leagues are still using Yahoo. Maybe your buddies from home are still using NFL. Look, you can now play fantasy sports the way that you want, all in one place with rival. Rival fantasy .com is the only fantasy sports platform with three unique game styles, challenges, fantasy book, fantasy bingo. Check it all out. They will be adding season-long fantasy next year, so make sure that you get in early. Make sure to go check out Rival Fantasy. Love it, Jacob. Love it. Uh, I'm ready to do a build. Are you? Let's do it. Let's build. All right, so I do see Jamie in the chat saying that he wants us to do a Tennessee build with the Conquo, but I'm not going to run out. I really want to play yeah, if Burks was active, I'd honestly be oh, pretty excited to play Ryan Tannehill in the spot. One hundred. I, I think I don't. I think the only Tennessee guys I want to play is is Henry and Conquo. I mean, you can play both of them, but I don't really want to play Tannehill. Do we want to go with a Burrow build in this? I'm fine one? with a Burrow build. Or do we want to do like a Sean Watson build and, and run it back? Because honestly, Burrow builds make me nervous. I, I think Burrow's gonna be fine this week. I just don't know which wide receiver I want to play. I don't want to play all three. I'm fine. I'm fine with Burrow build or Watson. I mean, realistically, the build is going to look similar regardless because each have three options essentially, and you're going to pick two. All right, let's go with the Burrow build then. Let's do it. Uh, we have Joe Burrow in here, and we got to pick one of the wide receivers. Jacob, you're studying the stack, so I'm going to let you do it. You know, I like Jamar Chase in this one, but it's 100% up to you as to which wide receiver you want to pair. Well, I want to double this, and so I'll I'll leave you the choice 
because uh, I also like Chase. So I'll take the second guy that I want, which is I want Tyler Boyd in this because uh, Hayden Hurst is not going to be uh, not going to be playing uh, this week. That leaves a void over the middle of the field. We saw Tyler Boyd get more involved in those slant routes last week over the course of the middle of the field. So if I'm doubling this just from like an ease of build perspective, um, I'm probably going to be playing Boyd and then one of Chase or Higgins in any Boyd or any Burrow stack that I make. And I think normally Boyd's a little thin, but I think without Hurst vacating those slot targets, uh, I think you can get Boyd in the mix. So this is where, like, I... I don't know. I I feel like Joe Mixon can still be involved in the receiving game and just take volume away from Boyd. I think I think that we could see P. Ryan, um, you know, involved in the receiving game as well. I, I just don't love running out two receivers in this game for the Bengals. But let's do it. Let's go ahead and run it back. I'm playing Burrow. I'm always double stacking Burrow. I'm not. I, I think that he. I think that he could end up spreading the ball around. I just don't know if they're going to see enough volume if this game gets ugly. Like we're going to have to. Well, shoot my, out. my point is, if this game gets ugly, then this lineup's dead. I don't know if it's dead. I think you can like, see like Joe Burrow. Like, Nick Joe Burrow's, like we got to have Joe Burrow put up 30. So this game can't get that ugly. All right. Then we're going all in on this game. We're doing Don Peoples Jones as well. Oh, I love that. Nick Chubb. All right. So we're sitting here with a average salary rating of 4,350. I'm going to go ahead and put a placeholder defense in here. I, dude, the last time the Jets played the Buffalo Bills, they, they shut them out. Do we want to take a chance on that? I'm, I'm no, I've never, never have an opinion on defense other than don't play the one that everyone's playing. So I'm fine with the Jets. God, we could also go with the Buccaneers. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers for this one. Watch them get some turnovers. Um, just for now, just as a placeholder. I'm fine. I'm fine with whatever defense. Yeah. No, so, no arguments for me. The only I, ones this week that are going to be egregiously owned look like Pittsburgh and Cowboys. So anything but Pittsburgh and Cowboys, I'm good with. So, Jacob, this is something that we normally don't run into, which is like we still have a somewhat chalky lineup. To an extent, it's not like mm-hmm. tremendous chalk. It's not like through the roof, right? But we're yeah. probably going to see, you know, a, a decent level of ownership from a lot of these players outside of maybe Tyler Boyd and and possibly Donna Peoples Jones, right? I mean, Chubb. You don't think Chubb's going to be highly owned? He always comes in higher than you think, and but but I don't think he's going to come in higher than six to eight. Okay, so but either way, we still have a you know somewhat of a I don't know. I guess it's not. Burrow, Burrow, Burrow will have ownership on him, and Chase will have ownership on him, uh, and and Boyd might have a little bit. And most people, that, and you have the combinatorial ownership, where most people that play Burrow stacks will have one of Chubb, DPJ, and Joku or Cooper at least. Probably not Cooper if you're playing Chase or Chase and Higgins. Let's go ahead and get a Conquo in here. Just oh, of course. We, we might as well. We've already been talking about it like crazy. Uh, do we want to play this Jacksonville game, or do we want to leave it because we don't know what the injury is and have this as just a solo play? All right, well, I'm, I'm just going to put in the guy that I want to put into the running back slot, and you'll like it because you'll have all the salary in the world if you want for the last spot. But um, I don't understand why – this is the other guy that I don't understand why he's projected under 10% ownership. I mean, this is a guy who is an explosive, efficient player all season long. We finally saw Thursday that he operated as the clear lead option. And you're talking about a role where you're getting about a 50% snap share. You're getting potentially losing out on goal line opportunities – but you have the explosive player who can score from distance. You have the explosive player who's getting high value touches in the receiving game, getting about half the snaps. People might think that that's DeAndre Swift, who's going to be heavily, heavily owned at 6,300. It's also James Cook at 4,600. I'm not sure that the market has clearly realized. And look, maybe that the Thursday night game was an aberration. Maybe he goes back to a 30% snap share and I look like a total clown. But if I can just bet on what we just saw repeating itself again as a role, 
in a really high upside offense when I think it's kind of the similar type of play as a DeAndre Swift. I know I want to bet on that because it also saves me a ton of salary. So I'm going to have James Cook in every single lineup almost this week and, and Chigakonkwo. If they're both, if they both look like they're still going to be under 10% owned come Sunday, I'm going to have them in every single one. So you put whatever you want. I, I gave you 7,200 to work with. God, man, I love Mark Andrews here as a double stack tight end. I know you love that pick too. Oh, um, that's my favorite. Uh, I mean, honestly though, like Mark Andrews gets so heavily targeted by Tyler Huntley, and it's a great matchup with Pittsburgh. Um, and it, I think it will keep us away. Well, it doesn't matter chalk anymore because we're playing James Cook and Conquo. Um, I love Chris Godwin this week. I love Tony Pollard this week. I'm a little bit afraid that Tony Pollard ends up getting pulled um, by halftime. <laughs> but he, he could also put up those points. What, do you, do, would you prefer to play his backup, Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, if, if we didn't have so much money, I would. Um, <laughs> I, I actually would. Uh, I think he's going to see less ownership. I think, I think Zeke's cheaper. a good play this week. Like, not – entirely unironically i think that zeke's a good play this week yeah so like you left me with way too much money over here kako left us with too much money i mean look if you want to spend down to the jets at defense you could take even more money you could go all the way up to 7600 oh man i, I don't know like- i mean there's some good options here I, i'm i'm here i'm you're being you're mad because i gave you money I know, but I like I'm playing the, the sketchy players. I know. <laughs> I like playing the sketchy players. I like um, playing the sketchy players. I'm going to go with Tony Pollard, and I'm actually going to pivot up on the defense. All right. Um, Let's see. We have – Just my rubber arm to play Tony Pollard. Uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, that's that's a sexy play. Uh, that's fine with me. Low-scoring game. Uh, we could see turnovers. I mean, score. I like the Ravens' defense call because the Ravens are a good call independently, and everyone's going to play the Steelers' D. So I really like the Ravens' D this week as a leverage play. Yeah. All right. We're in there. We're going to go and enter. Boom. All right, Jacob. So we have finished. We have finished our, our, our picks, and now we actually have to dive into what our flag plants are. And I'll well, go ahead and well, – Well, I gave it, so I may as well just say it. I mean, okay, I'm doing James Cook. Right, I already just explained it. I think it's I think it's a similar play to DeAndre Swift, at half the ownership and seventy percent of the salary, uh, and I'm pumped to to play him. I hope that this time that my flag plant does not get his foot broken in the first quarter. That's what I'm hoping for. So stay safe, James. I've just jinxed you. So why oh, don't you give God. a build up? Because I already why gave mine. Why would you do alert. that? Why would you do that? All right. Uh, I mean, we, poor we, Jimmy last week. My God. We talked about him earlier in the show. And honestly, like, I, there's nobody that I, like, love this week where I'm like, oh, my God, I got to play him no matter what. So I'm going to go with the flag plant that helps you leverage off of the mm. chalk and helps every lineup that, that you could possibly want to play work, whether it's chalky or not. Uh, it's a guy that's seen at least five targets in mm. every game that he's been healthy in. It's a guy that saw six targets with five receptions last week. It's a guy that, that runs routes in areas that the Minnesota Vikings allow uh, availability in that zone that they play. So... I think that his teammate is going to be seeing a ton of coverage, and that means that DJ Chark, DJ Chark should Chark. be in every single one of your lineups.
guy that saw six targets with five receptions last week. It's a guy that, that runs routes in areas that the Minnesota Vikings allow uh, availability in that zone that they play. I think that his teammate is going to be seeing a ton of coverage, and that means that DJ Chark, DJ Chark should Chark. be in every single one of your lineups. 